0: What's going on, guys? This is Kevin Estella from Fieldcraft Survival. I'm your host for this ad space as well as for this podcast called Coffee and Questions Volume 2. If you're unfamiliar with questions, I ask every single week on my Instagram, hey, ask me a question about gear, skills, travels, training, you name it, and I'll answer them. Sometimes I'll answer them in that Instagram post. Sometimes I will save your question and I will respond to it in this ongoing podcast podcast where I basically get to have you in the studio with me along with 20 to 30 of, I don't know, Fieldcraft followers, Fieldcraft fans, Fieldcraft listeners, whatever you want to call yourself. And I get to answer your questions uh, one by one as I consume lots of Black Rifle coffee. So that's how the question portion works. If you guys are wondering about the coffee portion, I get highly caffeinated off of Black Rifle coffee as I go through these questions. And these uh, different coffee types, doesn't really matter whether it's silence or smooth, beyond black, uh, you name it. Uh, I, I love them all. And I get highly, highly caffeinated. We're talking about, I don't know, 24 to 36 ounces. I mean, that might be junior league for some of you out there, but for me, you know, with my metabolism and where I am, three to four cups of coffee, that's more than enough to get through this podcast. So every single week, uh, expect between 20 to 30 questions as I consume coffee. And I would highly recommend that you guys go to blackriflecoffee.com and you find a coffee blend that's gonna work for you because it's more enjoyable listening to me ramble on about you know different survival topics and uh, things like that as you consume coffee. So uh, highly, highly recommend that you guys stay tuned. If you guys wanna ask your questions to me, all you have to do is look for my, ask me a question every Wednesday on, on Instagram and fire away. Maybe I will respond to your question in this podcast that will go out to thousands and thousands of listeners. So guys, I'm going to consume my coffee uh, right here. Oh yeah. And uh, let's get down to it. Coffee and Questions, Volume Two, coming at you. Brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. Welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Estella director of training, media guy, survival instructor, a little bit of everything. And uh, I'm just hanging out here with my cup of coffee. Guys, this is the second episode of Coffee in Questions. And if you're not familiar with this whole format, first off, I'll say that my voice sounds like really, really hoarse today. I probably have coronavirus. I really don't care at this point. I think everyone in the office has had it. And I think this might be my second go with it. And I mean, the first time I got it, I was kind of like, you know, feeling like absolute garbage for about three or four weeks. This one is just an annoying kind of sore throat. Maybe it's just the common cold. I don't know. But if you guys are not used to this format, uh, normally my voice doesn't sound like this. But what I do is on my Instagram account, I ask you, ask me a question. And I get all sorts of random questions. I get questions about you know, what's this? What's that? Uh, what's my favorite this? Um, do you like this? Or do you like that? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I get a lot of these questions. Um, so what I do is sometimes I make those replies private. Sometimes I make the replies uh, public. And if they are private, I'll say, look, I'll answer this in greater depth than what I'm allowed to do to, respond to uh, on Instagram with. So It's a, it's a fun process. I mean, it's kind of like you guys are interviewing me on the podcast and it gives you a chance to get your questions answered with the level of, of depth and breadth that they deserve. So last time that I did this, I answered, I think 20 questions this time around, I'm going to do 25. And if you do have a question for me, just look at my Instagram account every week I post up around Wednesday or Thursday, ask me a question and I will get back to you one way or another. Now, sometimes the questions are a little ridiculous and I get it. I've got buddies on there from college and I've got friends of mine from the industry that are going to send me all sorts of inappropriate stuff. And I'm not going to reply to certain things, uh, or at least publicly, I'll definitely privately call them out, you know, call them scumbags or whatever. But, uh, it's a fun, fun way of, of answering a whole slew of questions and, You never know if your name is going to be called. So with this whole coffee and questions thing, I have to give a shout out to my friends over at Black Rifle Coffee. Today I'm drinking Beyond Black. And because I'm a basic, basic dude, I'm drinking it with pumpkin spice latte creamer. And a lot of people are like, oh, you drink your coffee with creamer. Hey, I'm a pumpkin slut. I will absolutely drink it with pumpkin spice and I will crush a piece of pumpkin pie for breakfast after Thanksgiving or Christmas. So judge me, I don't care. But yeah, big shout out to my friends over at Black Rifle Coffee. They provide us with some amazing, amazing fuel to get through these podcasts in these crazy, crazy long days. So let's get right down to this and I'll start answering questions and uh, we'll see if I can get through, say, 25 of them in about 45 minutes. All right, here we go. So first question, this one comes from a user named JVC102074. And the question was very simple. What's your middle name? Now, here's a little background story. A while back, I posted up a picture of my shirt sleeve for the holidays and my watch, and I said, it's the time of the year, da-da-da. Someone saw my middle initial. My middle initial is J, by the way. And I said to them, I'm like, in in a private reply, I'm like, I'm not giving away that information. Here's how I view social media and the idea of TMI, right? Too much information you are absolutely volunteering your security when you give up too much information. And if you are on Facebook or on any of these social media pages where it's like, answer 20 questions, you know, it's the latest, greatest trend. And it's like, what's your mother's maiden name? what's your What was your first pet's name? Things like that. I mean, all that information could be used against you. Now, listen, I get it. Maybe sometimes it is just some cheesy, like, I don't know, I'm going to call it Koreans uh, because Mike Glover's Korean. Maybe it's just some Korean, you know, who's having fun asking, Hey, what's your favorite noodle dish? Whatever. But what if it's not, you don't want to volunteer your information if you don't have to. Now I eventually reached out to this person who is a former student. And I said, listen, this is my, my, my middle name. Um, because know i'm not going to put that out in public but i will in private now i'm sure my middle name is out there i'm sure you guys are going to find out what it is um and i'm sure if you were to look up your information you'd be amazed at how much is out there when we did a class called breakout sean kirkwood who is uh, our training director for the tactical side was able to get all sorts of information about the students just from open source, just from going online and looking up, hey, this person works at a bank, this person is friends with this person, this is the name of their wife. Well, imagine how that could be used against you. So my advice is do not give out your personal information if you do not have to and always consider operational security. Next question comes from Mark Sat 811 When do you use the big blade versus the small blade on the Victorinox? Well, the Swiss army knife is great because it has two blades. It has that large utility blade, and then it has a very small pen blade. And they really do serve two different purposes. That large utility blade is meant for big jobs. It's meant for cutting through rope. It's meant for cutting through cardboard. It's meant for um, you know cutting and, and doing a lot of hard carving. The small blade is meant to be fine work. If you guys remember or if you know about double bit axes, the double bit axe traditionally was used by foresters and one of the blades on the double bit axe was ground very uh, obtuse. It was ground in a way that was meant to be used close to the ground where you might impact rocks. The other blade was ground very thin and that blade was meant for fine carving, right for finer work. So Think of your Swiss Army knife like that. You have a large blade that's meant for hard work, and then you have a fine blade, and that fine blade is meant for whittling. It's meant for for doing fine tasks. Um, that's how I answer that question. I'm not a fan of using the large blade for everything, and I will use the little blade for you know teaching my my survival classes. I'll do a, a class. Uh, on how to do a tri-stick where you're making 90 degree latches and stop cuts and and you're whittling. I'll do that whole thing with a small blade on my Swiss Army knife. And I mean I've been teaching survival skills for a long time. You'd be amazed at what you can can do with just a small knife. In fact one of our assistant instructors at Fieldcraft, Lieutenant Mike, um, Lieutenant Mike is a big fan of a of a large, comfortable handle and a small blade. We're talking like a two inch blade. Uh, the reason why he's a fan of that is it gives you so much more control and I get it. There are some great big blades out there and I'm a big knife nerd, but if I need to do whittling, I'm going to use a small blade. All right. Got to blow my nose. Hang tight. See COVID coronavirus, common cold, whatever it is, it gets in the way, but it's not terrible. All right. Much better have you ever gone spear gun fishing? This one comes from underscore BLK Rob. I'm guessing that's black Rob. Uh, yes, I have. When I was 37, I was in Kauai and I wanted to go spear fishing really, really bad. So I found a local guy and it was an amazing trip. Um, put on the wetsuits, get in the water. We're basically carrying like a Uh, If you guys know like lifeguarding rescue buoys, we had a rescue buoy that was towing uh, a collection basket that had a stringer and we had both the Hawaiian slings and traditional spear guns. Now I have the utmost respect for spearfisher men, spearfisher women. You want to see a really cool account, uh, check out Valentine Thomas. She is someone I want to get on the podcast because she was a lawyer and she said, screw it. I want to become a Full time spearfisher woman, total badass. Um, I have the utmost respect for these people because it's not easy. You think, Oh, I've got this gun. It's going to be just like hunting, but you have to get very close to the fish. And on top of that, as you are trying to spear the fish, the current is screwing with you. The current is moving you around, which is making you work harder, which means you don't have as much air in your lungs as you think. And then the best part As we're swimming around the the islands, uh, my guide out there, he goes, oh, by the way, there's a giant tiger shark out here, but as long as you look at the shark and let it know that you're aware that it's here, it's not going to bother you. And I'm thinking to myself, holy crap. Um, So yes, I have gone spearfishing. Uh, Really cool story is that uh, during the lunch break, we've got a couple just small fish on the stringer um, and there's a moray eel. That tried to grab onto one of the fish, but as it grabbed onto the fish, it actually bit the end of the stringer, and it impaled its mouth on the stringer, kind of like if you were to get a toothpick accidentally stuck inside your mouth. Um, and I actually was able to make more a eel that night because it died on the stringer. All right, next question: underscore Phildo underscore Baggins. Thoughts on using 762 by 39, even though it isn't as widespread as 556. 5, To this question, I replied on Instagram, is any ammo really widespread right now? Um, I know we have what we want. I know there are calibers out there that uh, we need. And 5.56, 223, not the same caliber by the way. Um, I'll tell you that it's still not easy to find and when you can find it, it's very expensive. So I would say use uh, whatever you can afford use whatever you can stockpile and use whatever you can become comfortable with. There's no sense getting ammunition that you say, this is my carry ammo. And then you use, say practice ammo for actual carry. Um, you have to know your tools. You have to know what they are capable of doing with what you intend to actually use with them. All right. Next question. GG two, three, one, nine best tips for suburban survival. Okay. Okay. Um, suburban survival, not urban in the survival community, there's urban survival, wilderness survival, and then there's this like middle ground suburban survival. So I characterize the suburbs as offset from the urban area, but with the characteristics of the urban area. So there's going to be say smaller strip malls, and there's also going to be pockets of wilderness. So the best tips for suburban survival come from understanding what, urban survival requires and understanding what wilderness survival requires. I would recommend that in your suburban survival kit, you carry a sill lock key so you can access water in public buildings if need to. I would recommend also having certain wilderness survival tools with you. So if you're looking for the best tips for suburban survival, contemplate how you can apply the lessons from urban survival and wilderness survival to this hybrid living uh, living scenario you're in, in the suburbs. So um, I would think about, all right, what are my avenues of escape? Right, Where are the assets in my community? Like where can I get food? Where can I get shelter? Where can I cash equipment? I would ask those questions and apply both suburban, I'm sorry, urban and wilderness skills to your suburban scenario. All right. This next question comes from Harrison Prickett. Harrison, I'm sorry, Harrison J. Prickett. Best slash most comfortable sleeping pad for camping you've used? Well, if I have to talk about the most comfortable sleeping pad, the first name that comes up is Big Agnes. Um, Big Agnes has a couple different sleeping pad options. You can get what they call like the insulated air core. Um, that one traditionally like a, uh, self-inflating mattress, self-inflating mattresses are terrible in the winter time because a self-inflating mattress is, uh, going to allow air and the cold air to travel quickly between the ground and you. So really the king in the wintertime is the clothes foam mattress. So think like, you know, yoga pad. Um, if you're, if you're a yogi, But if I'm talking about the most comfortable uh, mattress for camping, Big Agnes all the way. Um, You can pack them down relatively small and they are warm and they also have wide body mattresses. So you never end up getting that uh, sensation where you're like, I can't stay on this mattress. All right. Your biggest goal or goals for 2022. This one comes from Gabagool underscore over here over dot here well 2022 for me it's not necessarily a big goal but it's one that means a lot to me and that one is going back to basics um you know i've been in the survival game for a very very long time um i was just talking to someone about the early days of visiting hoodswoods.com uh visiting you know Blade forums, knife forums, outdoor survival forums, right? Before the days of, of widespread Facebook, you know, where you had to go on message boards to ask questions and to upload photos, you had to actually have a digital camera, scan in or upload your photo and then drag and drop it and all that great stuff. Uh you know, I've been in this thing a, a long time and I've had my hands on a lot of equipment and I've seen a lot of cool training. But for me, twenty twenty two is about going back to basics. Um, I want to go back to the basics, the fundamentals. Um, I want to kind of revisit some of the things that I did years and years ago, but with a, a new set of eyes. So that's one of my most important goals for 2022 because it's so easy to get lost in the world of of all this kit and all this cool training. But there's only so many ways of doing certain skill sets, and that applies for, you know, for everything from combatives to wilderness survival, to off-road driving, to, to fishing, to whatever, right? There's only so many different ways. It's the method of delivery who instructs it. That's different. So for me, I think one of the biggest goals is going to be, you know, just going back to basics. I think another big goal is to build family. And what I mean by that is uh, family doesn't have to be blood related. Family is based on loyalty and, you know, I moved out here to Utah a year ago, almost a year ago to the day. And <clears throat> I moved out here with an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you that, that you know, the, the job definitely put a strain on things, the, the, the distance from family, all that. So I'm half as strong, essentially, in who I came out here with, you know, and where I am now. So one of my things was like, I'm going to build a family. I'm going to build up a network of people who I'm loyal to, good friends. I would consider family who I would, you know, be there for at 2 a.m. if the house burned down. You know what I mean? so I think that's going to be one of my big goals for 2022. Then as far as other big goals, right, because I like the number three, uh, I would say just continue on this course, um, but reach a, a broader audience. All right. Backcountry Subi asked me, you play video games if so which is your favorite I don't play video games I used to um I mean I, w- I grew up and went to college during the golden <laughs> the golden years of Golden eye uh, I think that was for Nintendo 64. and then PlayStation with Metal Gear Solid if I had to choose like a favorite character from a video game probably would be solid snake um, or Master chief <laughs> from Halo which I don't know if you know this or not but They are making a Halo TV series. I think it's a a TV series. And I know that that series is going to be totally badass. All right, next question. Outside Evolution asks, recommendations for a good reference to upgrading an 870 shotgun to a more reliable combat shoddy. Um, It's very difficult to improve upon the Remington 870. Uh, If you get a Wingmaster, the Wingmasters have better attention to detail with fit and finish. Um, so if you can get an old Wingmaster, just get it chambered in 3-inch in Magnum, fantastic. If you can't find an old Wingmaster, get the Police Magnum. If you can't get the Police Magnum, get the Remington Marine Magnum 870. The Remington 8, 870 Express, by the way, I have one. It was my first shotgun I ever owned. Uh, not a bad shotgun. It just doesn't have the same finish, and there aren't the same internals as the higher price guns of the same uh, design, but with different specs. Um, And when we run the shotgun courses and when I've been in shotgun classes, 870s rarely go down. Uh, I've seen a lot of auto-loading shotguns suffer failures to extract, failures to feed, and (laughs) I see a lot of instructors going over, fixing these problems, or showing the students how to fix the problems. Instead of teaching the course, so I would say, get yourself a Remington 870. First thing that I would do is send the barrel to Van Kamp. Uh, if you don't know what Van Kamp is, Van Kamp uh, lengthens the forcing cone and ports the barrel. It will make your shotgun more accurate in terms of patterning, keeping that pattern tight. Uh, at the last defensive shotgun class we had here in September of last year, <clears throat> my Uh, shotgun, I was shooting a 590 A1 Mossberg, kept all the pellets on the target, the A and the B zone out to 30 yards. Um, Now my 870 that's vancompt will do that out to about 27. Um, You definitely need to know what your shotgun can do. Second thing I would do, get yourself a surefire front end. Uh, Another thing, get a sling. People will say, well, why do you need a sling if it's a home defense shotgun? What if you need to go hands-on? What if you need to go outside? What if, I mean, the, the list goes on and on, right? Uh, the way I look at slings for long guns is the way that I look at holsters for pistols and sheaths for knives. Um, you gotta have one. And if you're looking for other things, I mean, extended mag tubes, right? Because the pig runs out of, out of food very quickly. You gotta constantly feed the pig. Uh, get yourself a... Uh, a Velcro side saddle so you can swap uh, elastic shotgun shell carriers on and off. Um, But other than that, I mean, maybe a red dot um, for when you're you're using slugs out to distance. But 870 shotgun, phenomenal shotgun. Um, Look for those models. Wingmaster, police, or Marine Magnum, can't go wrong. All right, man of grit says, got an Exotac X-Reel for Christmas. Anything special you keep in yours? Very simple. I'll, I'll try to keep this very simple. Spider wire, 50-pound test, around the reel, gamakatsu bait holder hooks inside, a bunch of dry flies, uh, a couple floats, a couple split shot sinkers. I use my X-Reel for canoe fishing. I use it for backpacking trips if I find like a creek. I'm not using it for spinners. I'm not using it for much else. Oh, and I've got a couple of lead head jigs in there. Forgot about that. But yeah, you don't have a lot of space inside of it. It is a fun way of catching fish. Uh, And if you guys are looking for a great present, check those guys out. Um, By the way, shameless plug, if you use my last name, Estella, when you buy from Exotac, you'll get, I think it's like 10 or 20% off, something like that. Shameless, shameless plug. All right. PH five, four, nine, five, six top five products for 2021. Damn. That's a tough one. Um, there are some really great products that, that came out from Fieldcraft I love our, uh, loadout bags, the EDC loadout bag. Amazing. Uh, little bag, amazing quality, water resistant, tough as nails. Um, that's definitely way up there. Another product I'm super proud of, uh, that we have here at, at Fieldcraft. I like uh, our, <clears throat> excuse me, Whew. Uh, something that came out at the tail end of 2021 is our ankle med kit. It's neoprene, it allows you to carry med gear on your ankle. So if you say, I don't have any room in my pockets, throw it on your ankle. Outside of Fieldcraft, tenacore came out with their zero belt, best belt on the market right now, hands down, it's, it's sewn by the wilderness Um, I've worn Wilderness Tactical belts, the Original Instructors belt, the Frequent Flyer ring belt, and now I've got the tenacore Zero. Freaking amazing belt. Uh, Other products from 2021, I mean, I like my Surefire Stiletto. Uh, I got that after Overland Expo. And I mean, everyone is probably thinking like I'm going to say a knife, but I mean, I'm pretty set in my ways with knives. Um, I don't know. That fifth product I... Maybe, maybe uh, it's the, and I don't know if it came out in 2021. Maybe it's the Exotac uh, Fire Rod XL, right, with the longer Fire Rod. Okay. Will underscore, RR underscore. No question, just got your book. And now I'm going to cross off every skill I practice for 2022. Thank you. That is awesome. If you guys buy my book from Fieldcraft, they're all signed. Um, if you buy it from Amazon, that's cool too. If you already have it, when you're like, man, I, more people should read this. I recommend that you guys buy the book and donate it to your library for circulation. And you have to specify that when you donate it. Otherwise it'd probably go into a sale to fund the library. So that's really cool. Will. uh, thank you for doing that. I wrote that book with the hopes that people would use it as a field manual. And um, I love feedback like that. All right. Chris underscore 0856, can you recommend a couple XL packs for a weekend trip greater than 60 liters? Well, of course, I'm going to recommend Kefaru. <coughs> if you want one of their biggest packs, look up the Mod That pack is massive and you'll carry more stuff than you actually need, but it's the biggest pack you're going to find. I like the Reckoning. I've been using the Kafaro Reckoning since 2016 a uh, lot of miles on that pack, a lot of trips to the backcountry, favorite pack that I owned. All right. This is actually from a former student. Uh this is one of my former students from the high school from years ago. Phil B 860. 860 is the area code uh, or one of the area codes in Connecticut. How's the survival instructor job going? Do you love it? Hell yeah, dude. Uh I mean, I miss so many aspects of being a teacher. Uh, I miss the interactions with students. I mean, you guys Definitely kept me going, um, even when the bureaucracy of, of being a public school teacher was getting to me. Um but working for Fieldcraft is a dream job. Um, it's really exciting. Like one day I'm jumping on a, a private plane to go teach, you know, Eastman's hunting, some defensive pistol stuff. Uh another day I'm doing, you know, this podcast. <laughs> another day I'm talking with uh, you know, Clay Croft of Overland Expo. I'm sorry, no, of no uh, expedition overland. Um, yeah, I just totally butchered that. Sorry, Clay. <laughs> um, no, it's Clay Croft from expedition overland. All right. That's better. Um, so yeah. Do I love it? Hell yeah. I love it. Um, I've got a great crew of people that I work with. I get to see the country, do all sorts of cool stuff. So that's a great job. All right. Opimac mock one. What's your favorite chapter from 101 skills you needed to survive? mindset, first chapter. Um, it's really the foundation of, of so much of what you do. Um, you can have equipment and you can be aware that you need the equipment, but really the mindset tackles that willingness. Uh, mindset sets you on the, the right course for the day. So I think it's the first chapter uh, because I talk about the concept of being a feeder, which is from Saya Kali. I talk about living well and dying well. Uh, which is a concept that uh, my buddy Kyle DeFore, who is actually on the back cover of the book, uh, Kyle talks about. Uh, so I'd say it's mindset, 100%. Patrick Mooney, 24. Uh, best lightweight gloves for warmth. Um, I'd recommend that you guys look at Buffalo Wool Company. They make wool out of uh, bison wool or they make fabrics out of bison wool. And bison wool, in my opinion, there is no natural fiber that is better than bison wool or buffalo wool for the outdoorsman. If you think about what these animals endure uh, out on the plains, and you think about how massive they are, and you think about how tough they are, like that wool is incredible. Um, I wear uh, buffalo wool socks. Uh, my dad's been wearing the same pair of buffalo wool socks for years. by the way. Uh, on the day of recording this, it's my dad's 83rd birthday, so shout out to my father. Um, and I'll tell you that their, their gloves are great. Uh, wool gloves, when they get wet when you perspire in them, they stay relatively warm. They're not like uh, leather gloves that can freeze up um, you know when they get wet. I would say if you want a really good glove for warmth, look at Buffalo Wool Company. Bryce Cronin 4, recommended compass and place-to-print maps. Very simple answer, Sunto MC2 for the Northern Hemisphere, MC2D for the Northern Hemisphere, or the G, and best place to print maps, I would recommend that you check out mytopo.com. Oh, Jesus. Only Girl Graham, are hot dogs considered a sandwich? Guys, I... (sighs) I would say, no, they're not. The reason being, I don't think of a pita pocket as a sandwich because you're, you're cutting the, uh, the pita in half and you're stuffing it. A sandwich to my, in my opinion is like two slices of bread that are separate. Even like a, like a subway grinder, like a sub, they often will cut out the center and make like a cap with the bread. Um, and even then i would say like a subway sandwich a sub isn't a sandwich i'd say a sub is a sub my god i'm going on a rabbit hole here jules cuevas what optic would you recommend for lever action in 4570 <sighs> wow uh it depends on which 4570 you're running the 4570, if we're talking like the long barreled 4570s, people forget that the 4570, even though it's a massive round, like a 305 grain bullet, that was a long range round back in the day. Um if we're talking about the 4570 from the perspective of like a dangerous game gun, then you don't want much magnification at all. Um I would say like what I have on mine is a is a loophole scout. I I would definitely say that that's a a great option. Uh, Something like that, something low powered where you're using it like a scout rifle, like a, like a Cooper scout rifle. Um, But if we're talking like a longer barreled 4570, I'd go low power variable. Keep it at like one power, crank it up to four, four to five. um, And don't discredit the idea of using a red dot. Um, My 4570 is an awesome, awesome gun, but I personally would not want to use it past a hundred yards because you know i've done i've run the ballistics on it It's, it's a great gun um but it's my northeast hunting gun um or my texas gun if i do a hog hunt down there i want a fast handling high powered uh big bullet coming out of that gun that i can swing around fast so low power by far either run it like a loophole uh like a Sc- uh, scout rifle, or mounted over the receiver, get a low power variable. All right, best underwear for long time field use hiking. That this comes from Ferris Um, Again, I'm going to go with wool. My favorite insulated underwear come from LLB and they're merino wool. Kenny who runs our craft Frontier, shout out to Kenny. Uh, Kenny's got a pair and he says that he loves them. He wears them all the time. I wear mine all the time. So I'm going to say merino wool. All right, guys we're uh we're coming up here towards the end of these questions I I've, I don't even know how many I've done so far let's say 4, 13, 14 fifteen 16 seventeen 18 nineteen 20 damn there, there's 20 questions right there um all right these next ones are gonna be a little bit longer because they're uh they're a little bit more in depth all right this one comes from government so govt dot shutdown if you're forced to be lost anywhere, had to survive for one year without humans, where would you choose? All right, well, I'm gonna kind of walk you guys through my thought process on this question. If I'm thinking like an entire year, that may mean four actual seasons. So I'm from New England, that means we're gonna have a potentially a very cold winter, a very hot summer in a wet spring and a, you know, a kind of temperate fall. Um, If I'm thinking a year, I would need a steady supply of food. So I'm thinking like not even big game, even though that would be the the goal. Um, I mean, everyone would probably say like, oh, go to Alaska. And I've done the Alaska thing, hanging out with my buddy Mark Knapp and walking through the tundra and catching fish uh damn i mean it depends on what supplies i'm allowed if i were you know in a cabin and i could stock it up with say like a budget of like $5000 i mean i'd say alaska but i'm also okay with the adirondacks um the adirondacks have thousands of lakes and you'd be amazed at how far a 22 and A ultralight fishing pole can take you. Uh, Sunfish are plentiful. Rock bass, crappie, bluegill. um, And fish combined with a little bit of flour and some oil, I mean, that's a great meal. If you guys haven't done a fish fry, you need to. Uh, Without humans, (sighs) I mean, I've done 72 hours in the desert. I hate the desert. Uh, I mean, I love... Working for Fieldcraft, the least favorite thing about working for Fieldcraft is uh, the month of August when it's 100 plus degrees here. So I would say definitely not the desert. Not a big fan of the swamp. Um, pound for pound, the swamp has more food available for you. But not a big fan of the swamp. I'd probably say maybe Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe Pacific Northwest where I have access to fresh water, but then I also have the coastline. Uh, I'd probably say there. I would definitely want to have a good axe and saw with me, um, you know, to to process wood. I mean, everything is damp there, but food is very plentiful. Um, And the coastline, there's an old expression. When the tide goes out, the dinner table is set. So, I mean, you've got food galore on the coastline if you know what you're looking for. Uh, so, whew, government shutdown. If I were to be forced to survive anywhere for a year without humans, Pacific Northwest, there's your answer. All right. This one comes from all underscore luck underscore tactical personal. Holy grail animal to harvest, man. Um, I just moved out here a year ago. I have not shot an elk. Uh, I would love, love to go on an elk hunt. Um, I mean, when you see an elk in the wild, you realize how large of an animal it is. Like when you look at their neck and their neck is larger than your torso and you think of like, damn, I could make amazing, amazing roasts out of that neck. And then you think about like their hindquarters and like, man, and then the backstraps that are (laughs) longer than your wingspan. I mean, you could have elk backstraps for days, for weeks. Um. I know Joe Rogan is a elk aficionado. I'd kill to go on a hunt with Joe Rogan um, just because I would pick his brain on so many different topics. We'd actually probably get no hunting done. But I really appreciate his uh, interviewing skills. And he's a big thinker. Um, I don't know if I'd smoke weed with him. Um, definitely not Elon Musk. But uh, <laughs> I would say that the Holy Grail animal, I mean, maybe it's an elk. Maybe the Holy Grail animal is a kudu uh, over in South Africa. Uh, I would love to go hunting for kudu. Um, yeah, it, it's probably those two. Um, that would definitely be up there, 100%. Okay, next question. We're down to the final two do you offer private classes for students that have a different schedule than field craft? This comes from tree jitsu, 84 private classes are tricky. You guys have to understand. We want to teach as many people as we can get. Um, we also have to keep the lights on. And if you think about it, if I'm teaching a survival class that costs $250 per person, there could be upwards of 24 people in that class. So if you do the math and I'll, I'll do it right here because I'm the worst Asian when it comes to math. Uh, Let's see, calculator, 250 times 24, that's $6,000. If you guys want a private class, you are basically going to be pulling us from earning $6,000 for the company that helps the folks behind the scenes that don't often get the exposure, get a weekly paycheck. Um, Now I get it, sometimes, we're not filling classes with 24. We might fill classes with 12, but that's still $3,000 a day. So when we tell people, listen, we do privates, but it's about 3,000 to 6,000 a day, depending on where, and then you have to factor in travel, and you gotta think about like, okay, you want private instruction, but do you have a place where we can do this instruction, or do we have to pay for a range? It, it's It becomes problematic, we will not write it off. Um, I've done private instruction in the past and I've charged very handsomely for it, but it's not for everyone. Um, It sounds great, but the other thing is, is that sometimes it's good to be in a class because you get to feed off of the energy of other people in that class. You get to also gauge your skill sets against the other people in the class, especially with shooting classes. It's like, okay, who can shoot the uh, the smallest group at 300 yards? Or who has the fastest, uh, you know, El Presidente drill, right? Or uh, who's the best with the walk back or the best. Honestly, I think the best training comes from competing against another person. So yeah, we do offer private classes, but you have to realize that the private classes are not going to be cheap and that's just the nature of the beast. All right. This last question. Uh, this will be the last one for the day. Comes from Jeff W eight zero eight. Suggestions for a first suppressor, looking for up to a three hundred, or I'm sorry, three hundred eight, without blowing the bank. All right. First suppressor I would recommend that you get is one for a twenty two. My first suppressor is a Gemtech Outback two. It's still my favorite suppressor that I own. I own 5 four, to, four or five. Let's see. SRD45, I own five suppressors. Um, uh, SRD45, SOCOM 556, SOCOM 762, uh, GemTech, and uh, an Odessa 9. Uh, I'd say you can run a 9mm suppressor on most 22 barrels, okay, as long as the threading matches, uh, half inch by 28. Um, if you get a nine millimeter suppressor to shoot with your 22, it'll still knock down the sound. It'll be very, very quiet. Uh, in fact, I love that Odessa suppressor from uh, our good friends over at Dead Air Silencers. Um, it's modular. You can make it short, you can make it long, increase the volume of it, right? Decrease it. So I'd say get a nine millimeter suppressor that you run on a 22. But I know you're looking for a suppressor that will go up to a 308. Well, you can shoot 5.56 five, out of a three oh eight suppressor, okay? You cannot do it the other way around. Uh, you can do it at least once, but you're going to fuck up your suppressor, so please don't do that. Um, baffle strikes suck. Um, so what I would say is get yourself a 9mm suppressor that you can shoot with your twenty-two or 9mm. Get yourself a three oh eight suppressor that you can shoot with your five five six guns, your three oh eight guns. I'd recommend when you do get your 308 suppressor, get it rated up to a 300 Win Mag. I don't think you're really going to shoot much more powerful out of a, a bolt gun than 300 Win Mag out of a 30 caliber uh, can. You'll still be able to use it for 308. You can use it for 300 Win Mag. You'll be able to use it for .556. Uh, one of the things that sucks about suppressors, I mean, for all the benefits that they give you, right? Improved accuracy at long range, uh, reduced sound signature, uh, you know, safer for your hearing. One of the things that really sucks is that you have to pay that $200 uh, taxation, that tax stamp every single time. Plus you have to wait for it. So uh, I would say try to maximize the utility of the suppressors that you get and get the ones that have the capability of being used on multiple platforms. Okay. So I would say those are uh, my recommendations get a nine millimeter suppressor get a 300 mag suppressor all right <clears throat> so guys uh that's pretty much it for coffee and questions i'm gonna wrap up my coffee right now as always if you guys have any questions whatsoever i will answer them on this podcast uh, i usually wait till i have about 20 to 25 questions to answer, but I will get to all of them. If you want your question answered, I'll be happy to, to do that on the podcast. If you want to DM me, that's cool. I'll reply to you too. realize that I probably will give you a better answer on the podcast than I will in a DM cause I got a lot of DMS and I'm not a big fan of typing all day with my fingers on the, <laughs> on my phone. So guys, uh, thank you so much for, for, you know, sending in these questions. Thank you for, uh, all the support you've given me over the past year here at Fieldcraft. I'm going to continue to answer your questions for you and uh, try to level you up every single day. So uh, that's it for this podcast. Uh, guys, please check out our good friends over at Black Rifle Coffee. Go get yourself a bag of Silencer Smooth. And uh, thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.